Hello and welcome to episode 6 of ABB Decoded, the podcast that tries to press pause on our fast-moving lives and shine a light on the technology and trends that are reshaping the world we live in. I'm your host, Anthony Rowlinson, and in this episode we're going to be talking about one of the most revolutionary and influential pieces of technology that ABB has ever created. And although it's huge and can be heavier than a fully loaded jumbo jet, it's something that's invisible most of the time. That's because ABB's Azipod Propulsion Unit, which celebrates its 30th year of production this year, lives most of the time underwater, driving all manner of floating vessels. This modern wonder of engineering has brought huge advances to the maritime industry thanks to its efficiency gains, sustainability benefits, and the increased maneuverability that it offers to any ship to which it's fitted. And joining us to talk about this underwater wonder are two men who live and breathe Azipod propulsion. Jukka Varis, an engineer who has worked with the system from the very beginning, and Oli Jakob Irgens, who's also an engineer by training, but who now leads the sales and marketing initiative for ABB's Azipod systems. There's much to explore around this fascinating propulsion solution, so we'll set sail with a quick engineering lesson on what exactly Azipod propulsion is and how it works. Over to you, Jukka. My name is Jukka Varis and uh, I'm currently responsible of the technology of uh, Azipod propulsion systems globally. And uh, I've been working for ABB over 30 years, so I have quite much experience from electric machines and Azipod as well. Thanks, Jukka. Could you start by telling us what Azipod propulsion is and give us a basic explanation of how these amazing drive units work? Okay, the Azipod propulsion is a kind of huge uh, equipment which is it is like a rudder i think everybody knows what a rudder is and then uh, if you imagine a kind of gondola installed at the bottom of the rudder and put electric motor there the electric motor that is that big that it can create the torque that is required for the large propeller and then that pretty much is the azipod and then you can compare that to an outboard motor it looks like pretty similar but it's much, much bigger. Actually, the weight of the large Azipod is the same as a jumbo jet 747 when landing with uh, full capacity, uh, full of people and full of cargo. So that's a kind of comparison. Wow. And large vessels can be fitted with several Azipod units, can't they? Yes. Okay, so it's fair to say that it's a pretty sizable piece of machinery. That's correct. And is it correct that one of the unique features of Azipod propulsion is that it works by making propellers pull a ship forward rather than pushing like a conventional shaft and propeller? That's right. And it actually is one of the main features to create high efficiency. And the reason is that uh, when uh, the water enters the propeller, the water flow is undisturbed. It's uh, This wake field is there is nothing disturbing it uh, compared to a conventional shaft line uh, propulsion where the shaft is protruding through the hull. And then in many cases, there is parts of the shafts and, and supports outside of the vessel hull. And they are creating turbulence to the flow, which then enters to the propeller and then propeller is not functioning as efficiently. So that's the big difference. And it uh, it's it's quite easy to... Compare that to a uh, propeller plane. Most of those have uh, pulling propellers instead of pushing. That's great, thank you. And could you tell us a bit about the underlying principles of how Azipod units work? It's a simple in general, but uh, the the challenge is that there are so many different technologies included into one product. So it actually combines a conventional motor 
the long shaft line, all the journal bearings and supporting bearings from the motor to the propeller. It also includes rudder and in many cases also for the larger ships, the stern thruster and steering gear. So all these are packed into one, one unit. So in general, it's an electric motor that rotates the propeller and uh, then that has just been integrated into this gondola unit. And then the uh, kind of rudder part of the, the whole asipod can turn 360 degrees around its asimuthing axis. So then we are able to create thrust to any direction. And by that, having much better maneuverability of the vessel and uh, such characteristics. And this maneuverability aspect is one of the key features of an asipod unit, isn't it? Yes, yes it is. On top of the fuel consumption savings. But the maneuverability provides uh, accessibility to certain ports and especially these large vessels. And I can use an example from the cruise industry that uh, that uh, some of the largest ships couldn't even be built or they couldn't be operated without Azipod. So uh, earlier there was some uh, size limitations for the vessels, but nowadays they can build much larger ships and still can handle those safely in on ports. So it's more than just a drive system, if you like. It's actually something that benefits the ship handling and the nautical qualities of the vessel. Yes, yes. And that's actually the main characteristics and main points for the Azipod to succeed. That it uh, saves fuel and it provides additional safety and maneuverability features. And I guess this is why ship captains like it so much, because they seem to be very fond of the Azipod unit. Yes, yeah, and we, we've got some feedbacks from some captains and uh, whenever they have had experience with Azipods, they don't want to get back to conventional ships. One of the key attributes of Azipod propulsion is that it can be adapted to suit almost any kind of ship. That's because its design means the drive units lay outside the hull, so ship designers are given more space and freedom to be creative. We asked Oli Jakob Irgens to explain some more. So in principle, any vessel can be equipped with an Azipod propulsion because our product range is pretty wide. Um, but in practical terms, there, there are some limitations. But in terms of, uh, of the product itself, it, it can uh, really meet any requirement. The key uh, drivers for Azipod development was originally was around ice-breaking vessels, so, which you can imagine has... Uh, a different set of, of requirements in terms of robustness and, and performance and so on. So to make sure we had the optimal product in that area, we had to make a special range of acipods uh, that had higher tolerances for, for uh, forces uh, on the units, that had stronger focus on you know, robustness throughout the de- design of the unit. Then you have... Um, Another big market for Asipod traditionally has been the cruise industry. And then you have a third main category, it would be thrusters that their main purpose is to, to produce a lot of thrust, to put, let's say, in a, a vessel that needs to be in a DP position. So basically uh, keeping course uh, using the thrusters instead of an anchor, basically. So for those characteristics, again, you need uh, a thruster that is... Uh, is, is uh, designed for maximum thrust rather than uh, maximum power. As we've already heard, Azipod propulsion has its origins in the need to create ships that could efficiently break ice. And this is where the Azipod story takes us to the frozen ports of Finland's capital, Helsinki. Here's Jukavaris again. 
Yeah, if, if I'll give the very long story, the 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 reason reasoning is that uh, Finland is uh, probably the only country in the world uh, which ports are frozen during winter time. So we don't have any ports available unless we have very good icebreakers. So Finland has been well known of uh, building icebreakers and developing icebreakers and uh, applying new technologies on icebreakers. Diesel electric propulsion is a kind of must for an icebreaker because electric motor can create full torque or even over torque with zero speed. So in case the propeller gets stuck in the uh, ice, then then you can really kind of brush it off. So it needs to be diesel electric propulsion, but then the um, there had been also uh, interest on mechanical uh, thrusters because there there was some experiences from thrusters that uh, that it has benefit. You can uh, direct the propeller flush to different directions, and then by that you can even keep the channel open when you open a channel with the icebreaker, and then if you have a certain kind of angle with these thrusters, then you can blow the ice blocks under the ice and then keep the channel open longer time. And then there was this uh, Helsinki shipyard and ABB who was called Stromberg earlier days. They they were together with the Finnish uh, this is, uh, maritime ministry together thinking what could be the solution. And then one, one said, because electric motor can create the torque and we would like to avoid the, the gear between. Why don't we just put the motor in the rudder? But then we started thinking and that, that was actually the time when it was kind of invented. So ABB together with the Helsinki shipyard uh, built first prototype unit, which nowadays is actually in the Finnish museum, the Maritime Museum in Turku. Yeah, so it's kind of smallest one that we have delivered. And then the breakthrough was when the Mazipod unit was installed on that first cruise vessel. But the results were all overwhelming. They, they, nobody could have imagined that this is so, so efficient and, and uh, so economical and, and has the maneuvering capability that they then discovered. And that was, by the way, first vessel with pulling propeller as well. So, and then the rest is history. In the three decades that have passed since ABB introduced its first Azipod units, its true efficiency benefits have become more and more apparent, not only in terms of fuel saved, but also in the context of broader maritime commerce, as Oli Jakob Irgens explains. We've done some calculations on this, and, and for instance, just to give a reference point, um, since the first installation on the cruise ship 25 years ago, we have estimated that the industry has saved more than a million tons of fuel just for these cruise ships alone. So that's, that's an example. Another angle to this could be that ASIPOD propulsion opens new opportunities, uh, shipping lines, etc., that wasn't feasible before. So a good example there that is a big, big part of ABB's plan right now is to support the opening of the North Passage uh, so that vessels can actually have a shorter route between Europe and Asia. And to do that, of course, you need vessels with, uh, that can go through ice and the unique features of the ASIPOD uh, enables that. And again, for the world fleet and, and you know, the world overall concern for, for reduced emissions, that could play a big factor. And as I said, uh, a lot of um, 
container and cargo traffic uh, goes from Asia to Europe. And by opening this route, uh, you could save many days actually in transport, which of course then will, will, will have a benefit. So we have delivered several vessels with acipods that are, are doing these uh, uh, voyages now. And it's very impressive. We have vessels that can almost plow through two meter thick ice uh, with the acipod units. As well as these already recognized efficiency savings, it seems that azipod units are bringing further environmental benefits to the maritime industry, the full extent of which may not even be fully appreciated. Another feature there that we are working a lot on is uh, underwater radiated noise, um, which will be a, an increasing challenge, in, especially in coastal waters. And we already see stricter legislation coming in. Uh, for instance, here in North America, uh, related to underwater noise in Europe, we see the same. And, and again, the, the ACIPOD there has its own challenges. It's, uh, you have a motor in the water rather than on board. But on the other hand, we have much less mechanical noise. So, so that's another challenge area that I see can also become a great opportunity for ACIPOD. Could you explain what you mean by underwater noise? So underwater noise is, um, I mean, it's, it's an area that we are continuing to kind of learn more about how it affects our environment. So there is, a, there is a big focus on reducing noise in, in the industry. So given all the benefits of azipod propulsion that have been identified, it begs the question, why doesn't everybody use it? We put that to you, Kavaris. Uh, I believe that could be the future, but it just takes time. Uh, first, there was only a few units and uh, markets were quite suspicious uh, of how does it work. And, uh, and if and when there was teething problems, there was more and more, let's say, discussion that uh, this will not fly. But uh, we have been able to improve lots of different things in Azipod, and the market has been getting bigger and bigger, and there is approval from different ship types. It, it's getting larger, but it just seems to take time. And then also there has been uh, competitors. Uh, there's been uh, lots of different uh, providers of uh, podded propulsion. For some reason, ABB has been the only one that has succeeded with this product. And then uh, let's see what the future future brings. But uh, I believe that the electric propulsion is the future propulsion anyway, and then uh, podded propulsion is even better. And why do you think ABB succeeded when others maybe haven't? I think the biggest difference is that uh, ABB is one company. All, all the technology that we are utilizing on the Ozipod is coming from ABB and some are different entities, but still ABB uh, compared to the competitors who usually have had one company who is responsible of the hydrodynamics and mechanical design and the other company who is uh, responsible of the electric motor and drives and those parts. And then in, in case there's any problems, you can imagine that these two companies are then arguing who is responsible. And once shipbuilders realised the potential benefits of Azipod propulsion, is it right that their design started to incorporate the units from the outset? Yeah, first of all, the ship hull lines can be designed in a, a kind of different manner, but the biggest difference becomes uh, from the internal parts of the vessel. You save lots of space. You can have more productive space inside the vessel, whether it's a, it's a carrier or, or a passenger ship or any, any 
And then, of course, the installation process is also different. When you install the ASIPOT propulsion system, you only have one uh, kind of um, interface. So instead of having the very complex and uh, time-consuming alignment job for the main shaft and the bearings and, uh, and keep the vessel hull on the on position, you just plug the pod at the aft of the ship. And it, usually it can be done just prior to launching the vessel. So then also, there's also economical benefits for the ship builder. With electrification being a growing trend in the maritime industry, it would seem that ABB's Azipod units, about to enter their fourth decade of production, have truly caught the wave. We have some interesting projects now. I mean, just to mention one that I'm, I'm working on now is the concept of, you know, these kind of floating power plants, where basically, you know, the it's not so much that uh, these power plants are moving all over the place, but they, they need thrusters to put them in position and, and to keep them in position and then be able to move. Uh, another interesting concept, you know, in the, I think we'll see opportunities in the, the fish farming industry where, you know, traditionally these fish farms have been quite fixed and moored and so on. But in the future, I think there will be, there will be opportunities. And we have some projects also on there where with these kind of, these installations are becoming bigger and bigger. And they need to be more flexible and maybe move out of the sheltered waters into open sea and then, and then move, move around and so on. So lots of new interesting applications coming. Thank you, Oli Jakob. And gentlemen, thank you so much for sharing your passion for Azipod propulsion with us. That's been a truly fascinating insight into these mechanical giants that are revolutionizing the maritime industry beneath the waves. And that's all for this episode of ABB Decoded. If you've enjoyed it, don't forget to like, subscribe and share wherever you download your podcasts. Until next time.